0: following program is brought to you by your friends at podcast one
1: hey beautiful people if you love what you're hearing or if you have any questions follow me on instagram at blue hazel b-l-u-h-a-z-l let me know what's up i cannot wait to hear from you welcome to girl we got this with blue hazel co-founder latisha lee join Letitia as she interviews real people shares personal stories and talks raw honest advice about all things sisterhood because after all life is easier with a sister Here's your host, my sister, Leticia Lee. Hey sis, are you anything like me right now? Trying to date in this techie, crazy dating app world? It's so wild. Being a 30-year-old woman single, it's honestly so much fun, but it's so hard to meet people sometimes. Do you feel me? Ugh. But you know what? We got this. We're going to get this together because guess what? We're in control. We're in the driver's seat. And don't you ever forget that. Hey, sis, honestly, our prayers were just answered. I'm about to introduce you to the incredible sexologist and intimacy expert, Shan Boodrum. Let me tell you one thing. Your game of desire is about to change because she wrote a book, and it's called The Game of Desire. Five surprising secrets to dating with dominance and getting what you want. Girl, you have to keep on listening to this. You don't want to miss it. Low-key, she's changed my dating life. But before I introduce you to the incredible Shan Boodrum, Guys, honestly, there's nothing like enjoying the delicious homebrewed taste of gold peak grill brew tea. It just gives you that comforting feeling of home. Whenever I'm drinking it, I'm literally imagining myself with my grandmother and my mother on the porch, enjoying life, drinking my gold peak tea. Gold Peak Grill Brew tea is available in a variety of sizes and 14 different flavors. Whether it's time for lunch, dinner, or just a quick snack, the homebrew taste of Gold Peak Iced Tea makes every meal so much more refreshing and so delicious. It's perfectly crafted with ingredients like pure filtered water, mountain grown tea, and just the right balance of sweetness. It's the real brew taste that always makes you feel right at home. With ice cold Gold Peak Grill Brew tea, the comforts of home are never, ever far away. You can find your favorite Gold Peak flavor at a retailer near you. Gold Peak Rib tea the taste that brings you home.
2: Hey, Jordan here. I know a lot of you create your own podcasts, and a lot of you already have one like me. I obviously love what I do. It's taken a lot of hard work to get to this point of success. You shouldn't have to pay fees for platform hosting, distribution, analytics, Or fees to create a podcast. You need to be able to focus on producing the best show possible. Now, Podcast One, that's a network I'm on, they have Launchpad Digital Media, or Launchpad DM for short. So it's free, includes unlimited hosting, full control of distribution. You have access to a full dashboard with analytics. Again, totally free. You own everything, by the way. You own your content, you own your subscribers, no tricky stuff there. And you get your own show page on launchpaddm.com for people to listen to and subscribe to your show. It's the only hosting platform brought to you by the leading network, Podcast One. Podcast One will promote the site, drive people to discover your podcast. And if your show grows... You could even be invited to join Podcast One's All Star roster, which includes people like Adam Carolla, Caitlin Bristow, Shaq, Lady Gang, and of course, me, Jordan Harbinger. I'm there too. You also get access to their production and sales support. So, with all this completely free, don't use other hosting platforms. Why would you need to? Learn more or sign up now at LaunchpadDM.com. And don't forget to check out the Jordan Harbinger show.
1: Now, back to Girl We Got This with Letitia Lee. What up, sis? I have a woman that, like, you know, like, you know those girls like, you know, but you don't know? I have this woman that, like, I know, but I don't know due to Instagram. Shan Boudrum is here, ladies. Welcome to we Got This, baby girl. Yes! Welcome. Your nails
0: are so gorgeous. Thank what a you. stunning red.
1: Thank you. I appreciate you. I don't
0: remember what it's called. Though. I live for a good shade of red, though. Bro, but don't you hate when I'm you forget? I'm not one of those motherfuckers, though, who's like, what color nail polish? <laughs> like, I have no, I would never buy it. I just
1: think it's nice. Yo, and I feel bad, because I'm like, they want me to know, like, the f***ing under thing, you know, when they say, like, this is the the, the name it's like big apple red oh yeah no one wants and that. it's always the craziest names yeah i mean they have to there's like a billion
0: different nail polishes Dude, i they know. gotta like keep it fresh but i cannot remember that yeah like if we're challenged to keep it fresh in the bedroom <laughs> nail polish <laughs> creators are so challenged to come up with all
1: these funky ass <laughs> names for red so f-ing challenged. so shout out to you nail polish yes. namers. shout out to you for i appreciate you for thank you yes i always feel like red is like doing the most sometimes because i'm usually like neutral and nude and proper because of work but lately i've been like that summer i feel like red is not the most
0: really you know, neons are the most oh yeah you're right red is like the classic right. it's a staple
1: you're right mm. okay see this is why we're here right this is why shan. we're here okay this is I'm why you are here you. girl we got this because i'm validating your nail polish Yo. Why i was brought here but shan you validate everything that everyone's thinking and you say it out loud <laughs> i'm not kidding ladies let me just introduce you really quick shan because she's not only a sexologist like she's like an intimacy expert and an author, so congratulations oh, on the book, you. The Game of Desire. I am going to jump into that full throttle very shortly because I don't know, I don't. There's so much I want to talk about, and I don't even know where to start with you. But honestly, I just remember following you on Instagram. I saw your pretty ass probably like two, three years ago. We look very similar, very so similar. I mean, you're a <laughs> low key distant cousin, a hundred percent. Pretty ass very, curls, this is like a compliment for beautiful yourself. Eyes. Yeah, yes. like, like you, just beautiful. And I started following you, I forget exactly what reason what it was, but I was going through something and it was about toxicity in life. Oh, wow. In relationships.
0: Was this recently? Because I just recently put out a toxic relationship Girl, video.
1: I've been following it, trust me. So it could have been like a couple couple months ago. Yes. So welcome. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. So knowing that you were coming here today, I was like, I cannot wait for her to change my life. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. seriously? What What are the expectations? Bro, wow. it's not an expectation because you know what? I think us women, we do it unaware Mm -hmm. you change people's lives every damn day with your instagram alone Mm -hmm. isn't that crazy
0: It is pretty crazy. Do you ever Um, think about that? I don't. I think in the Instagram in specificity, because Instagram feels like the most superficial sort of transactional platform. Uh And so when people approach me on that specifically, I'm like, I do these YouTube videos where I'm literally bawling my eyes out for 40 minutes. And so when someone's like, when I saw your post about your lunch yesterday, (laughs) I felt so inspired. I'm like, oh, wow. Like, we really. So that's when I'm just like, oh, I'm blown away by people who like look at the short transactional content and still get something from it. That's
1: really cool. Your impact is so fucking powerful. Oh, I appreciate you, it. So I know everybody else appreciates it. Speaking my love language right now. Bro, it's oh, the truth. Oh, worth the affirmations. I mean, on? oh, this is going to get real real quick. So how the hell did you get here? Shan like, how did you become a sexologist? Period. What is a sexologist for the people listening?
0: A sexologist is to sex, kind of like what a nutritionist is to food. It's mm. the study of sex as it relates to psychology, biology, criminology, sociology. Uh, my foray into sexology began in journalism. I started out uh, going to journalism school. And have you,
1: what was your schooling? I went to Eckerd. I went to communication and business management. I minored in Spanish. Okay. So communication
0: yeah. is kind of the same thing. When yeah. you get there, like, hey, day one, like do what you know. Like if you know sports, be a sports. That caster. was my sh- That's what right. I wanted to be. Okay, that makes sense yeah. for you. Actually, do you play sports
1: too? Yeah, I play college basketball.
0: Oh, you do. I look, was like, you look hooper. very loving basketball. <laughs> yeah, I all was the assumptions Monica. are being very, you know, confirmed right now. <laughs> is really me. nice. Yeah. <laughs> I knew I knew you in another life. Yes, yeah, so, wild. But you, you weren't really Monica. No. No, in spirit. Not in real life, but okay. in spirit. Yeah, I it's... used to watch
1: that fucking movie. There's every a nice resemblance. Yeah? Yeah. That was me. Well,
0: okay, wait a second. I'm thinking of a different movie. What? There's another basketball movie. No, it's Love with... and Basketball. You're right. But you mean Monica as in the main character? Yeah, Monica and Q. There's another basketball movie that you look like the girl. Oh, really? Okay, let me get to it later. Okay, let me get back to that. okay um, let's go back. <laughs> so then, um, yeah, so everybody was kind of finding their niche, and yes. I was like, I think I know fucking. So that's what I should write about. <laughs> And that's what I did. I wrote a book called Laid, coming out of college. Um, and then I sort of became the sex educator for millennials. Mm. And then I went back to school at University of Toronto. I became a sex education counselor there. And I worked for a number of years just doing that, talking to university-aged wow. kids about their sexuality, pointing them to the clinic, saying, if your penis is green, go here. Mm-hmm. If this color's that, go there. Um, but most of all, use a condom. Yes. And when I moved to California, <laughs> I went to a school in San Francisco that was the Institute for Advanced Study of Human Sexuality. And they I got my associate in sex education and then later I got certified as a sexologist. That brings us to today. This is a 10-year span brought to you in 30 seconds.
1: (laughs) Bro, that's crazy. Well, first, I admire you for that. I admire you for actually finding the time to step back and be like, this is, I know about this let me do all the work to become this. Yeah, I'm going back to school this year as well, too.
0: So wow. it doesn't end. I think that there's that's I think the hopeful part about the space that I'm in. There's so much to learn when we think about sex education in school, for example, it's two weeks, if that. Right. Some people not at all. Yeah. It's just like, don't do it. Um, but I have been studying this thing for 13 years now, and mm. I am still learning every single day and I still have to con- constantly challenge myself. And wow. so this is an incredible space. If you feel right now like I don't know how to improve my sex life or my love life or my dating life. No, there's a lot out there to learn. Yeah. Um, there is a ton of stuff out there to learn. So I Yo, think that's
1: positive information for people. hundred percent. And you need the game of desire like tomorrow, right? You know? Tomorrow, the book, like <laughs> everything you just said, you literally, you bleed it all into your book, the game of desire. So I want to talk about that really right now. Like you just, you you say everything that we want to say, right? But you say it out loud. Mm-hmm. Can I go back one second? When you started being in the sexology world, Did you ever feel like scared? To be vulnerable in this space? Oh my god, absolutely. What What are your parents? like? What are their nationalities? Uh, my mom is white my dad's black and Puerto Rican. Mm-hmm.
0: My parents are Caribbean. Oh, okay. So, very private, um, very conservative yes. family, very judgmental, yes. so absolutely all the fears there in that capacity. It was never really me that I was worried about, mm-hmm. though. It was always the perception that how I would bleed onto people I loved and cared right. about. Right. I never, because to be honest with you, I don't think anything I say or do is that crazy. I think a great assignment for everyone to do is go to a food court Mm -hmm. or a public park and just sit there by yourself and eavesdrop. Mm. When you start listening to conversations, you'll realize there's a solid 10 stories going around. Like, all yeah. are not that interesting. <laughs> we are not as interesting and unique. Our problems are not as special. Yes. We're not these like uh, far-out case studies that should be on ABC. We're all going through some kind of variation of the same thing. And so when I tell my story, I know I'm telling a bit of your story right. and a bit of Steve's story. Right. And so I don't worry about um, being judged because I know if you do judge, it's probably because, one, you can't relate with which good for you in some cases, or number two, like maybe someone close to you um, needed to to hear this. So I never worry about me. I worry about those around me. See, but
1: that's super dope because there's so many people that would be scared because Mm -hmm. of the judgment and, you know, the perception, right? Perception is everything now, especially in this Instagram bullshit world that we live in sometimes. Um, I also feel like it takes a strong, bold woman with courage to do what you do.
0: Oh, do what we do. I mean, yeah, you do the exact same thing, right? Facts, but I'm not talking about you right now. Yeah,
1: well, let's share it on you right now, Shan, because <laughs> I don't think I could talk about sex like you do. Mm-hmm. I, I actually don't. Well, I think if you listened the way that I did, you could. Yeah.
0: Right? Like, whatever it is, like, I've just heard every possible thing. And one of the greatest things I did in school, for example, is we had this course. It's called Sexual Attitude Readjustment. Mm-hmm. And it's 40 hours of porn. And you just watch Whoa. every variation of porn out there. So if someone approaches me on the street and says, hey, I'm into, hey, I want to try, hey, this happened to me, I'm not going to be like, <gasps> judgment. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I've seen that before. I've heard of that before. I kind of yeah. have some kind of zeitgeist as to what that experience yes. is like. So. I've heard so much. And so whatever I say, I'm like, I think I'm so boring, actually, to be honest with you. <laughs> I really do. In comparison Bro, to people's if... lives out there, I'm pretty vanilla.
1: Really? Mm. Then what the f- am I? I don't, she is. She Yo, just, if you vanilla, I'm ice. like... <laughs> just ice. Yeah, I'm not even in... I'm a snow cone. That's kind of wild. That's really wild. But also my
0: perception's off. I always say that. I always forget... Because yeah. it's so normal to me. Right. And because of the fact that I normalize it, the people who talk to me come up to me and just say really, mm-hmm. really personal things. And so I forget sometimes that for the average person, this is taboo stuff.
1: Right. For me, it's just like breakfast conversation. It is breakfast conversation. But as weirdly as taboo it is, it's taboo. But we do, we f- every day.
0: It's why we're here. Right. You know what
1: I mean? Literally, yeah. we're here because of intercourse. Right. Yes. Isn't that crazy when you think about it?
0: Oh, yeah. It's absolutely nuts. It's how I actually – it was a sentence I used in the beginning 10 years ago to get myself comfortable in this space. Yeah. And whenever I felt judgment from my teachers or peers or anybody, I always reminded myself, you're only here because of f***ing. So (laughs) don't you dare look down on me for trying to educate people about it, for taking a stance of proactiveness. And my entry point into this space was – I had a really rabid teen sex life mm-hmm. um, because I went to a Catholic school, yeah. and so all my sex education was little to none. My parents did a decent enough job, but mm, I just didn't have a lot. So what right. I had was porn. I had the coldest winter ever. I don't know if you read that book. I've uh, heard of it. I haven't read oh it. Oh god, it's don't. It's it's okay. okay. It's, it's good <laughs> as you know. It's fiction. But if a part of you believes this could be true, yeah. like she has sex and the first time that a penis enters her she orgasms what? like just melts into orgasm and you're like taking notes That that's how it happens <laughs> you know so all of my education to sex uh, led me into a really shitty teen sex life and wow. then I got a library card and just started researching like crazy and I was like okay, cool, this is all great information, but it's so boring. Mm. So how can I bridge the gap there and make sex as sex education as interesting as porn as cool and as sexy as the media makes it, but Mm -hmm. also bring the facts from the books. And that's been my mission from the beginning.
1: Yeah, well, that's a hell of a goal. And you're literally accomplishing it. I mean, I think that what you're doing, my parents should have done. Mm-hmm. in a sense, right? My parents, we didn't speak about sex really in the house. I remember the first time I told my mom I lost my virginity. I was so scared.
0: Well, good for you for even doing that. Most people don't even disclose yeah. that. So you had to have some
1: kind of comfort level. Yeah, I mean, I had unless you were like, didn't I'm tell pregnant. my dad. I definitely didn't tell my dad because yeah. my dad was like, you're not having sex that you're married. And I was like, yeah, dad, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> out of here. <laughs> but I did tell my mom and I was so scared. You know, and I think of us, I think of like my nieces now, right? Like our youth, the, the younger generation underneath us, they're exposed to something different, yes. Right? They have someone like you to look up to. Mm-hmm. How do you how do you look at somebody like me, for instance, that might not have the education of sex, right? That needs to learn. Would you Would you put it on the parents? Is it the parents' job to teach their children about sex? Like, how do we navigate that as a young woman? Consistency is the
0: greatest gift because with consistency we can make a measured decision. Mm-hmm. So if parents have consistently been at sex ed. The expectation has to change. Yeah. If the school system has consistently been negligent at giving us real thorough information, it's our expectations that have to change. And so, no, I wouldn't say it's on the parents or on yeah. school because they consistently never have been that person. That's so It's true. not as if it's like, well, last year or two generations ago, they've never been good. Yeah. Every single generation says the exact same thing. And so wow. peer education is so powerful. And luckily now we have the internet. And so peers aren't just whoever's in the schoolyard. Peer is Letitia. Peer yeah. is Shambuti. Like yes. We are also peers for individuals. And so I, I believe in that way. Yeah. Um, I also believe the greatest thing that a parent can do is give a child discernment. Mm. You don't necessarily give them the information. Give them the ability to figure out what's real from fake. Give them at least a baseline tools to find good resources. And then if you don't feel comfortable being the actual lecturer, at least give them that. Right. That's like the most powerful thing in our easy
1: access culture you can give to the youth. That's so powerful. That's so powerful because we need more of that. I, I, w- I was when you were coming and I was like, damn, like she's taught me so much. Like, why didn't I know this back in the day? I'm 31, bro. Yes. Like I should already know all this, sh- but I don't. And I'm OK to say that. Like, I'm still learning. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think some people are intimidated. If anything, if any person is intimidated, let that sh- go. Right. Yeah. Right. Like sex is intimidating some for some people. Some people, it's like free. Let's f- it's easy. It doesn't come easy to everybody. I wouldn't say, here's my actual stance on this because. Tell me.
0: We don't really need you to. F- we yeah. got enough people true you know what i mean it's not like it's handmaid's tail where we need you to be doing this <laughs> yeah and so i think the pressure to be comfortable with sex mm-hmm. is just as um harmful in some ways as the pressure to neglect your sexuality yeah it's probably what's honoring what's important to you like i said we don't need you to have sex yep. it's supposed to be a bonus area of your life i mean mind you there's immeasurable amounts of benefits to orgasm mm-hmm. but not all or sex includes orgasm right so there's immeasurable amounts of health benefits to orgasm so i wouldn't in- I would encourage one to take part if they feel inclined. However, if you don't want to, it's like an area you don't interested in, you feel kind of closed up about it, it, makes you feel squeamish or uncomfortable. There's a sector of the population who feels the exact same way. Right. You can align yourself with those who feel that. And don't let anyone pressure you to come out of your prude box. Yes. Because prude is a form of sexual um, expression. Yeah. And I, I accept that as a valid form.
1: I appreciate that. Are you prudy? I actually need to hear Where that. Where are you on the spectrum? You know what? Honestly, Shan, I'm like prude, but then I can like not be prude as f- it depends on the mood and I think it depends on my partner I'm moody
0: but is it about the way that person makes you feel or the way that you currently feel in those moments and then who happens Mm. to be around
1: I think it's both I think it's both it's depending on where I am in my state because work is a big part of my life right Mm -hmm. so if I have energy if I'm up to it if I'm feeling good yes and also my partner if I'm super attracted to him and like we're on the same way if we're flowing I want to be on him 24 7 but then there's you know how that shit is with relationships like it's a up and down thing sometimes. Yes. And like... I don't know. I think there's something beautiful about accepting that. Um,
0: One of the – my workbook, which is for free online, but one of the quizzes I have on there is Turn On Triggers. I think that's a massive help for a lot of people Mm -hmm. understanding why it is that their libido gets high or low at different times. What they can do to get their partner's help. Because what also happens as well, too, is that, like, in the beginning, your biology is doing all the work for you. Right. It's giving you the dopamine. Your neuroreceptors are firing off. Like, you're getting the adrenaline rush. Your body is just, like, cruise control. We got this. Yes. But then – what, when that person starts to become not a novelty and now they're the norm, that all wears off. And yeah. now it's all on you. You have to create the fireworks mm-hmm. and the butterflies. You have to create that feeling of, let's go, I want to do this. Your body is like, yo, you, you're not getting pregnant by this person. Like, <laughs> like we're, yeah, we're, we're watching go. Netflix. Like, yes. we're chilling. Yes. So I think when that switch happens for people, you have to start manually making desire a part of your routine right. and manually finding ways to arouse your partners, not just to give in. That's when a lot of people give up. Yes. Um, but you. Just you shouldn't. I mean, obviously, again, the the benefits of bonding as well as your own individual health are just. We could go on a whole podcast about that. So if you feel inclined to do the work, know that
1: it, you're meant to do the work, a hundred percent, and take the course on Shan's website. Right. Yes, it's that. necessary. So from there. Speaking of desire, let's talk about The Game of Desire, this book. We've
0: been teasing. We've been going around it. We've been orbiting. It's cool.
1: (laughs) Tell me about it because I love how you're... The Game of Desire is an intriguing book. It's literally five surprising secrets to dating with dominance and getting what you want. Mm -hmm. You're pretty much putting us in charge, us women. Yes. Uh, It's totally about women getting into the driver's seat of their dating life.
0: Um, One of my favorite books is called The Social Animal. and It identifies that two out of three of things that make up the average recipe for happiness, so two-thirds of that recipe, has to do with the kind and the quality of relationships that we form. Mm. And yet... We don't spend any time learning about how to make healthy, intimate connections. And yet for a lot of women, they're just waiting for those things to happen to them. Like if someone told me this is a really important part of your life, I wouldn't be like, well, I'll just wait for someone else to take care of it. I'm like, no, if this <laughs> is going to matter to me, I want to be the one calling the shots. And so there's different ways in the book that to do that. And so in essence, it was like I have I'm the beneficiary of 10 years of listening to incredible people, of being stopped on the street, of mm-hmm. going to courses and seminars. Of awesome experts who have taught me how to seduce, how to connect, how to network, how to go for what I want, how to be desirable, and I just wanted to put that into a program and see if I could teach six other women to also have the same result that it provided my
1: life because it changed everything. I love that you did that. I love that you did. You did this experiment, right? Yes. With six women, and it worked.
0: Yes. Can we? Ta- can you talk? I about mean, How did that? I mean, for one, we
1: had a we had a not work. Um, yeah. So you know, it's it's not going to work. I yeah. mean, look, we had to not work again. It is what it is, right? But at the end of the day, how was that for you? How was that seeing your practice in human form? Oh, it's incredible! Now I have an I have this amazing video
0: of them before and after, and really? it's just like. It's, de- it's mind-blowing to see because a lot of the things that they said is their intention in the beginning in in nutty ways. Like, one of them was, like, her celebrity crush is now someone who she goes over and hangs out with and sees and knows. And like, what? It's stupid things that, like that. And one girl, she was had extreme anxiety. Um, she knew she was queer but just had so much anxiety about mm-hmm. entering the community. Mm-hmm. And now she's at every single Pride. She's been oh, seeing someone dope. consistently. And so there's been so many incredible results. But when you're in it, like, it was a show. It was <laughs> really so hard and i think that's why i uh, i wanted to include that in the book as well yeah. too because this is the thing, you know, like losing weight, for example, is not a beautiful, no. gorgeous process of like, I know myself, I love myself. It's the gruelingness. It's, it's hard. The, I don't want to do this. The waking up every day, the yeah. the, the depression, the doubt, um, the scrutiny you have on yourself. And so going through this process with these women of, you know, shedding their, I, I refer to them as like their reactionary personas, mm-hmm. not who they are, but who they've become um, and who they've lost along the way. So shedding that reactionary weight, that traumatic weight was so hard mm. um, and to a point again like I said it didn't work for everybody and there was a lot of clashes when you have six women placed together in an incubator of change right? it's not all perfect right? it's great now and the results are great now we're all great friends now but if you would have asked me this time last year I'd have been like can we turn the mics off and have a therapy <laughs> session can I get a hug
1: um. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but look it's all a part of the journey it's all a part of the journey it, it is. really is and you can't not include that you can't that's the best part that's sometimes. the best part yeah because like you learn so much from that right but we don't want to hear that i Hell mean no. most people want to hear that
0: like you had the good before i was bad but now i'm great <laughs> and life is perfect um but there's just so much in between that that is necessary to share yeah so the book is sort of half the story but also it's a lot of hard tips i brought in some of my favorite experts from psychologists mm-hmm. to a martial
1: artist to teach them how to protect themselves yes i in saw the that B2 self-defense so i love this crucial yeah it's so I think that's so powerful. I'm actually going to box start. I mean, I box, but I'm about to go like spar, like box, box in real life. And I think it was because of that. You don't. You you look like a fighter. I am. Well, I'm a lover, but I'm a fighter (laughs) (laughs) Okay. What was your like post-basketball? I was a boy, bro, growing up. Did you deviate to? All I did was play sports. Yeah. I was soccer, softball, all with the boys. I was a boy until college. I was like, oh. I have all this curly hair. Boys, with that. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> You're like, you know, like, that's when my life changed mm. in college. But, like, growing up, I was, like, a tomboy. Yeah, super boy. And that, I do to play sports. Do you still play and, like, do stuff now? Girl, I have a basketball in my trunk. Oh, no, 100%. So I, I, when you said, I'm
0: going to start boxing, I'm like, you definitely look like you can kick, kick my ass right now. Like, no, I'm I only have loving you. I questions.
1: I'm that... only loving you, though, because what you do is so powerful, and how you do it I think is so special you literally live this life openly um, if people follow your journey they know about you and your husband yes, that uh, you guys were just pretty much good segue into the open conversation yeah. I see you yeah I <laughs> mean great. let's be honest right so you guys are friends with benefits now you are married by the way y'all those pictures are beautiful of you too oh thank you yeah the other day somebody I was, look, I was showing my girlfriend I was they're like They're too pretty together. I was like, bro, I know they're beautiful. (laughs) But I was like their story, the the deepness of it, like the depth, like that's where the real beauty lies. Mm. So I want to talk about that, you know, because you talk about like this game that you ran on, Dara, the first six months. Right. Like talk, talk about this. How did this friendship turn into this beautiful marriage? Because I feel like this is all a part of the game of desire. Mm -hmm. Your story. It's your truth. And I think that's so dope when people create that to inspire the masses. Are you a believer of Friends with Benefits? Where do you rest in that? I love Friends with Benefits.
0: I did not until I met Jared, but I think Mm. at the time as well, too, I'd put in so much work. So he's a beneficiary of so much work and time, again, and experts Mm. that i had received. And like I was truly in a position of being ready to be my best self. And that is exactly what the focus of my relationship with has been from start to finish. How do I put myself in a position to be awesome? How do I put myself in place that I love who I am and I love what we're doing Mm. and I'm comfortable with what we share? So the game that I ran on him was really game on myself. It was like, okay, I just came out of a long-term relationship mm-hmm. that was not so great. He also just came out of a relationship. I r- had been monogamous for five years. And you know when you're not in a great relationship, the sex is a reflection of that. Girl,
1: preach. I f-ing
0: know. Yeah, so I was definitely <laughs> like, I need to f*** somebody who's going to be fantastic. <laughs> yes. So I was literally auditioning dudes for like a month. Like Whoa. I'd bring them over, I'd make out, be like, oh, I don't really feel yeah. it. And with him, it was just like, The sexual chemistry was crazy. Instant. And so I actually, like, had a great make-out with him. I went on a vacation, came back home, and I'm like, I've decided he's the one. Yeah. (laughs) we engage in this buddy relationship but like we were both both very clear about the expectations right. of it. And so because of that I just like made sure that psychologically I could handle it. One of the tips I give is like immediately changing the person's ringtone mm. so you don't get that slot machine that every time my phone rings it may be you it may not. Like nothing oh. makes uh, addiction stronger than an inconsistent reward. So I had to create consistency in our relationship. Uh another way I created consistency is I never reached out to him first. I always waited for him to reach out to me and then I would respond. And mm. Because if I, again, I don't want to put myself in that gambling position because your brain is addicted to love. 100%. And if you understand your risk and reward system, if you're playing with the buddy role like you're playing with fire your brain is going to you're you're born to bond Mm -hmm. so i'm naturally even if i don't want to like this mother (laughs) my biology is going to be like let's march like let's march to the end of the earth with him like he's our penguin he's the one he's my penguin and like it's not my penguin it's just (laughs) we're just having sex body it's not my penguin relax you had to keep telling yourself that yeah um no sleepovers and like didn't meet friends and family we were still really good to each other within the parameters that we chose and i explain this a lot like if I'm going to Subway Sandwiches, I'm expecting a sandwich. I'm ready to pay for a sandwich. And when I get a sandwich, I'm happy with that sandwich. But yes. go to Subway Sandwiches and I want lobster, I'm going to be disappointed. Mm. But whose fault is that? It says Subway Sandwiches on the door, right? So. Whoa oh well, good I'm happy. I like that good. I'm thinking about yeah, this good. analogy like <laughs> so that he was making sandwiches and I I just managed expectations accordingly and I didn't over invest in him um. I never paid more than what I would be comfortable paying for a sandwich and it wasn't until he started to expand the menu that I was like okay now we can Ooh. advance the relationships i
1: can look this subway shit. I need to start thinking like I should gener- not
0: make you know what this, this podcast is not sponsored by subway sandwiches so let's just generify that
1: you it's really not but I'm yeah. just saying I'm like literally thinking about this like wow how the hell did you get there was it after your long relationship or you were like this is what I want right now? I mean, books, to be yeah. honest with you. You like did the
0: research. Books and research and talking to people and learning vicariously. I think in life, there's two kinds of ways you can learn. You can learn through experience, mm-hmm. which some there are some lessons that qualitatively you have to learn through experience, and right. they're beneficial for you. And there's things you could learn from a book. I think that there's, when it comes to love and sex, we put way too much in the category of yeah. learn from experience. Yes, Nah, you could learn from a book and avoid yourself the heartache. Like, I can learn from actually researching those who have have done the work mm-hmm. so i don't put myself in a friends with benefits that i can't handle end up getting myself emotionally hurt yes. uh, putting myself in a position to not be my best self right. and potentially blocking myself from future love because i'm caught up on a situation that will mm. never have the payout that i want so that was just uh, a testament i think to like all the other
1: smarter people uh, that i spent time reading about before that's that's incredible, and I'm sure Jared is very thankful for that.
0: Oh no, yeah, he is so <laughs> like so thankful. <laughs> he really is. I think we had a great. It's funny. Um, it's just my relationship is my greatest accomplishment.
1: Wow. I mean, it's a reflection of the work that just that gave I've me done. the chills,
0: bro. Right. I mean, thank think you my relationship
1: that. is my greatest accomplishment. Yeah. Yo, I want to say that one day. I mean, I've, I have worked
0: my ass off. Yeah, for it. like you're. If you ask me, the greatest accomplishment, like it's probably the thing they spent the most time on. Right. Um, and that's what I hope to do with the book is like uh, save you guys, maybe, from doing as
1: much work mm-hmm. and finding it all in one concrete place. I mean, I, you need to get on it because I got to get on it now. Yeah. Like tomorrow. Yeah. Please. Because all that I'm thinking about, like, damn, that whole subway analogy, I was like. You're Would you have a subway wrong, sandwiches bro. in your life? I mean, I got a lot of sandwiches, but like, I'm not trying to like. Get, I'm not trying to like buy them right now. Yeah, you know I what know I mean. That. Like, yeah. you just want a there. free sandwich? I mean, no. You're not even interested. No, I'm not. Like, I'm in me. I'm in like the me phase mm-hmm. right now, right? So like, I'm really like cultivating me. But then like, I feel like when you're at your best self and like you're like, oh me me me, that's when like all these dudes start like. Slowly coming around, yes. and you're just like, hold on, I don't know if I'm ready for that yet. Let me, let me fall back. Mm-hmm. That's where, I'm in the fallback phase right now because it's like I need some dick, yes, but I also don't want it right now because I know that'll distract the f- out of me, and I'm really on my. Sh- Right? So you talk about this, too, in the well, book. Well,
0: you got to find the right one. That's all. Yes. The right dick. That's just not going to be distracting. Exactly. They exist. I mean, all things exist out there. Every variation of relationship is, is possible and exists. But right. it's also a
1: matter of managing your time. Right. Because maybe the audition phase for you was just not a priority. Right. And you talk about this in the book. And I think you also, you know, focus on the reality of dating apps. Mm-hmm. Um, how love and attraction should be fluid. Mm-hmm. Right? So I think that's what I'm seeking right now. I'm on dating apps. i Girl. It's so oh, right for people who are popping. See, I didn't know that. You didn't know it's that? It's my first dating app. You had to audition to get on Raya. I didn't know that. Well, how'd you get on? Well, because I sent them whatever I did, but I found out after because my girls are like, I'm on a waiting list. I said, what do you mean you're on a waiting list? Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. Raya's a big deal. Good for you. Oh, wow. Thanks. Let me pat myself on the back. What up, Raya? (laughs) Pat your pussy. Let me hold my pussy real (laughs) tight right now. That's power. Yo, but I didn't know. So I'm on this app now. I started last month. First time ever because I was in a long-ass relationship for five years. Crazy. Different world. So now I'm like, I hit X and check on dudes? This Mm -hmm. is weird. But then it's cool because it filters, right? All the craziness. And I don't have to be out and hit on 24-7 and be like, looking over my shoulder right yes you teach people how to literally optimize Mm -hmm. their dating app which i think is so dope you actually made me look at my dating app and see what pictures i had like my bio and stuff because i don't even have any of that i don't tell them what i do it's literally just like oh pretty pictures here i am and then where i'm from that's it Mm -hmm. in my instagram
0: no, I, I think I, I got two experts on that. So it was a CMO of OKCupid okay is in the book. And then also the head marketer from the league, which is yes. another kind of form of Raya. And so they gave their like, look, this is a behind the scenes tip. Like, this is what you need to do. This is the difference between someone who excels and somebody who deletes the app. Wow. And so that was really crucial information that I don't think the average person gets access to. Yes. And they really broke it down to a science because at the end of the day, It's the Matrix. Literally. It's really just coding and numbers. and so Call the Twilight Zone, bro. Yeah. You want to make your dating app work for you, not Mm -hmm. the other way around. Right. And there's a way to do that because these things are created in a gamification way. Yeah. Uh, There is a way to play the game to win. And what winning is is up to you. You determine what the prize is. But... The one promise I say to people is like, if you put the work in, I'm not saying you're gonna meet the one. Mm-hmm. There's something that that just cannot be taught in a book. There's like that it factor. There's no way you can vet for no. that. There's no way. Like I, I refer to it as the difference between stir fry, stir fry and ramen. Mm. So through dating apps, you're making sure you have stir fry. Okay, checklist. Like, are they securely attached? Do they are they financially stable? Yes. Um, do they have a good relationship with their parents? Whatever yes. your top, your frozen five things are, I'm making sure that all the ingredients are there. But when I get there. I'm going to find out if there's broth or not, because there might not be. (laughs) It might be like, oh, we have all the ingredients, but we don't got no sauce. And so it's dry. Yeah. But it will still be a good time. Mm. At the end of the day, you're still going to sit across from an interesting person who's got similar values as you, um, who you can learn from, who have a great conversation, especially if you understand Mm -hmm. how to seduce, how to have a conversation, how to hold someone's attention. So – I think if you put the work in, I can't promise you a dream mate, but I can promise you you'll never have a bad date again.
1: Which is dope.
0: Which was my story. I loved online dating. Like Really? Oh, my God. In my videos, 90% of the time that I have dudes in there, they're cast from online dating. Shut for up. For me being like, oh, remember that one dude? Like, dudes have made paintings for me that I bought off them. Like wow. Yeah, I've, I've really made incredible one of my the dudes I met through Tinder styled my photo my engagement photos with Jerry. Shut
1: up. I met awesome That's people. That's Beautiful. Yeah. That is so cool, man, 'cause I'm over I'm over here like, oh is, should I keep hitting X? You should probably hit check sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. what I mean? So this is what for the people like me and for the people that aren't like me that still need help on how to have these awesome ass transactions. Cause right, I feel like every date is a transaction of energy
2: mm-hmm. and time.
1: If you want to optimize it, you got to get the game of desire because you help everybody. And I think we live in the, data, the dating age where it's like the dating app is what runs everything now.
0: I mean, you it could it meet is. people in person. I you have could. a friend of mine. You know Shameless Maya? Yes. So she is incredible at meeting people in person. Mm-hmm. I've just seen her. Every time we go out, she's just really, really good at it. And so for people like that, if you know you have that skill mm-hmm. where you can initiate a conversation, you don't have to do the dating app route. Yes. Um, but you got to be prepared for that. Right. Whenever people complain to me too, like, oh, dating apps is so hard. Like you just said, I X so many people. Yeah. How many times <laughs> do you go to a mall and X every person you yeah. walk by? You X babies. You're like, no, no, no. Like the majority of life, we don't meet somebody or see someone that sparks our interest. Yeah. So don't expect to get in a dating app and start hitting like lucky sevens three in a row. It's
1: kind of a similar um, sorting process. Right. Of course, it's just more intentional. Totally. Now, with that being said, you know, you have these rules of love and attraction. Mm-hmm. It has to be fluid for something to work. Right. So what would you tell like a woman right now that's feeling love that m- maybe not attraction or attraction and not the love? Mm-hmm. What would you tell that woman? Because, I, you know, I was thinking about this when I was reading and I was like, you know, I don't know if I've ever felt the two together. I mean, I have at one point in my life and it was a long term relationship, mm-hmm. um, loved and attracted and it was fluid. Break that down to me. What? How do you separate those two things? I don't know. For me, love is like uh, I'm really just in love with this human being for who he is, what he is, what he stands for, his values. We share all of these things. But then I cannot be attracted to them. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. Does that make sense? Yes. Like you're missing the, the sauce. Yeah. They're missing the sauce. So like. What would you say to that person? How do you how do you find both? I will say lucky you.
0: Yeah. You know what I mean? Like majority of us have the attraction and we lose the love for ourselves mm. because we are so in lust with somebody. Been there, done so that. So if you're in a situation with somebody that you're like, they're good to me. I learned more about myself. I learned more about what I like, what I want in this world. But there's just something kind of missing. Feel grateful for that. But also be like, this has probably run its course. Yeah. Um, don't ever feel like... Eighty percent of your capacity to love is better than a hundred percent of someone else's. Mm-hmm. Some people stay in a pity relationship because they're like, "Well, they like me a lot." Yep. it's like, "Well, you don't, you can't ever love them to the fullest breadth of what love could be and experience." And so, like, I, I say the craziest things to my partner. I literally look at him. I'm like, "You're God to me." Like, I just, re- <laughs> I love you so much. And like, I just think it's everyone deserves to feel that kind yes. of love. And so we often like hype ourselves up to think that, well, if someone's nice to us, like, I'll stay with them just because. Right. It's like, no, nah, let that person and goes, so they can find that person yeah. who looks at them like oh your church um so i love that bro. but be grateful because there's the other side of the coin is that you know you're you're attracted to somebody and again you lose the love for yourself mm. because you hate yourself in that mm. relationship you hate what you've become um, those are positive lessons right whenever i meet people who are in those i'm like oh my god lucky you but life is a series of that yeah. right like it's a dream come true is so rare to find your dream job is super rare. 100%. To find the city you're meant to live in is super rare. <sighs> to find your dream mate is super rare. Yeah. And so that is why that process has to be so difficult. Yeah. And when it clicks, it's going to click for you. But until then, you're going to have a bunch of near misses. Yeah. Like That's okay. Um, it's still an opportunity to get to know yourself. Every job that you had that wasn't necessarily your dream job but gave you great contacts or maybe you learned more about yourself or you got new skill sets, mm-hmm.
1: you don't look at that like, oh, that job, you're right. like, no, nah, I was good for the time. Yeah, next, next, yeah, mm-hmm. next. You know, and by you putting us women in the driving seat, like, still, so we're in control. And I think a lot of women lose that. Yes, we are actually in control, ladies. And you know, the book, The Game of Desire, literally preaches that. But you're T-shirt, putting are you on us the payroll for me, right? Like. No, but I love the. This- <laughs> because it's real because you keep saying the full title is just so no. affirming to me but look, it is it's true it's I feel like I'm at this point of my life where I'm like damn actually yo you are in the driver's seat yes. like stop acting like you're not and we as women like to fall back and act like they are always in the lead they're always in control but you know you preach this we are actually in control and mm-hmm. you teach this which is so dope how can woman the woman that doesn't feel in control how do you get your control
0: uh, you got to start by like knowing who you are. Yes. You got to know what you're working with, mm-hmm. right? You can't control yourself if you don't know yourself. right? So that's figuring out, again, yeah. like the workbook is my like very basic bitch way of yeah. helping somebody have yeah. self-insight. I right? mean, honestly,
1: you have quizzes. Yes. You have all of these great aspects and tools in this book that get you here. Mm-hmm. Because if we can sit to have a conversation when you're like, look, I'm going to be
0: honest, I'm anxious, preoccupied, my turn on trigger is, my love language is, yeah. my orgasm recipe is, mm-hmm. here's my commitment style. And I can really put it into language exactly who I am and how I work best. My big five personality model, here's where I excel, here's where I don't, I'm an INFP, et cetera, et cetera. Then it's like, okay, I know what I'm working with. Right. And once I do that, now I gotta start ask myself the question: What hasn't been working with yes. what I'm working with? Yes. Right? Because when you're in the driver's seat and you're owning your car, if you've been ignoring that like carburetor, that's probably the wrong word. What's the car word? I don't know. <laughs> when you've been ignoring the muffler, <laughs> I don't know why. Muffler is easier. Let's, let's go back to the subway analogy. <laughs> back out of this one. Uh, when you've been ignoring that problem yeah. because you're like, well, you're just sort of in the passenger seat of life. But when you're in the driver's seat, you've got to really pay attention because mm-hmm. you are responsible and you own that responsibility. So in my book, it's five phases and phase one is no, know yourself inside and out Two, start changing the that you know is not working. Yes. And start making those adjustments because the worst dating advice I think you can give to a struggling dater is just be yourself. Mm. I think it's like, huh? Like imagine imagine that you're doing trash at basketball and someone's like, I just love basketball so much, but I haven't made the team. Would you dare say, just keep being yourself? Hell no. You'd be like Get in the gym, right? bro. What do
1: you mean? Go practice. <laughs> yes, go watch
0: some games, yeah. right? Find a coach. Go yes. ha- go train with somebody. Yes. Get like, up early, like do the work. Mm-hmm. Do the work. Do the work period. But the advice we give to frustrated daters is like, well, just be yourself yeah. on dates. Somebody will
1: come around. Right? Just
0: keep doing the same thing. And it's like, nah. So you got to do the change part is a really difficult mm-hmm. one. Uh, that's where I lost somebody in the in the group at that phase. And then phase three is learn. Where it's, okay, cool. Now start to enlist the help of other experts. Yes. That's books, that's podcasts, there's movies, there's you, there's me, there's like Esther Perel. There's tons of different I materials. Love God. I love her too. She's so Jeez. great. I gathered a bunch of experts in the book, for example, get you started but i spoke to like a cmo of like for a marketing company just about like how do you present yourself yeah there's a lot of different ways you can learn about attraction desire seduction and putting yourself in your best position to be seen by the right candidates for you Um, and then after you learn then you want to practice it's so crucial practice is important because people want to be like well i know these flirting techniques but you're not flirting all day long no so You know, if you're in a, if you're dunk, if you've never dunked before in practice, you're not going to do that when the game is on (laughs) and the pressure is on, and there's somebody guarding you, and your and your adrenaline is rushing. These moves have to be a part of you, and in order for that to happen, you have to do them in low risk environments repetitively, and that's when you can get to the phase of it becoming a second nature to you, and that's when the B and B is phase five, and that's where the women in the group are now, Um, and that's where I'd like to stay. But I go back to phase one all the time. Yeah. I always got to revisit. No.
1: Yeah. It's always a journey. Mm-hmm. And I always tell them the journey's not, it's not linear, bro. No. There's no such thing as a linear journey.
0: Nobody's the popped road. up with a perfect life yet. No. We don't have ever. anybody who's been like, oh, well, James did it right. So we're Let all trying do to. do this James thing. Yeah.
1: No. Yeah. At all. Like, I'll never forget one of my homegirls called me the other day. How do you flirt to you? I said, what do you mean? Just talk. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, holy shit. She doesn't even know how to talk to people. Yes. Because I, I can talk to anybody, but like, mm-hmm. actually, there's a lot of people that don't know just how to engage and start a conversation.
0: I love that light bulb moment for you. Yeah. Because it's the damn truth. It's so
1: intriguing to me. And you discuss this too. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, you provide so much information, you know, and I always say like, a relationship is great. I love relationships, great relationships, you know, love is beautiful. Love is beautiful. But there's so many pieces of relationship that you can take into real life and work in different spaces of your life and what you're doing is just so dope because you're allowing people to kind of get comfortable with the uncomfortable mm-hmm. right i think that's the biggest thing in relationships like first looking in the mirror being like yo what the f- do you have to work on yes right because i can't be full and be out here trying to i can't have my glass like empty looking for john down the street his is empty as hell too that's just going to equate to toxicity facts right Mm -hmm. and you talk about this lately a lot on your instagram these toxic relationships there's so many people on my instagram specifically that reach out to me and they're like how did you get over your breakup how do you let go you know, And I was like, let me ask Shan. And then uh, you can listen <laughs> to the podcast and uh, you can figure it out. Well, how did you get true. over your breakup? Oh, it was a process. I mean, it took me a year and a half. I'm still going through it. I mean, I go to therapy every week. Good for you. you. Know? That's and incredible. it was the best feeling ever. It took me a while to get to therapy, though, because I was also that in that space where I was like, I don't need therapy. Who does therapy? But I was also in a different world where they didn't believe in therapy, so I didn't believe in therapy. You know, therapy's changed my life. And I had to do the work. I had to look inwards and be like... That is not what you deserve. What is your worth? What is your value? Mm-hmm. What are your values? What do you what do you actually want out yes. of life? And I think that allowed me. So a year and a half, I think. I haven't, I'm haven't. i not 100% healed. I'm probably like 989 percent healed. I'm not giving myself 90 because sh- I ain't not 90 a a I ain't yet. popping yet. <laughs> I'm like 80%. i am almost there. I can feel it. But I still have those lows where I go back. So when I tell these women, I said, you have to do the work. Mm-hmm. You have to go to therapy. I write a lot. I focus on me. My face just broke up. I was so stressed out last week. For the first time, I dealt with acne as an adult. Dealing with, you know, stress. You're bothering me right now. What? With your perfect skin. Talk about <laughs> bro, it's not. Dealing with acne. I can show you a picture right now, bro. This <laughs> was inflamed. And I was just like, yo, this is crazy. Everything that we're dealing with, especially relationships, whether it's with a man or a woman or a friendship, if it's toxic, you have to let it go. But people have such hard time letting it go. Mm-hmm. What would your advice be that person that that's having a hard time letting a toxic situation go? What would you tell them?
0: You know, I always give the analogy if someone came up to me and they were like, I just can't quit smoking cigarettes. I just can't. And I just keep thinking about cigarettes and like, are me and cigarettes Yo. meant to be together? I'm like, no, I'm You just addiction. You're addicted. It's addiction.
1: This is weird. Shannon. I'm having a <laughs> moment, bro. i literally just said this to my best friend two days ago. Yeah. Because I looked at her. This is weird literally last week I had like a badass week and I was like but it's like he's like a cigarette I don't f*** with cigarettes I would never smoke a cigarette Mm -hmm. before because I know they're bad for me and they kill me I have to start thinking of people like that and here you go
0: no you you were literally born to bond our greatest superpower is a human being we don't run the fastest we don't climb trees we don't swim underwater for long periods of time we don't have sharp teeth what we have is community our ability to stick together and stay together mm-hmm. and so love is our superpower yeah it is also our greatest downfall in many cases because your brain makes really strong pair bonds with individuals mm-hmm. without discernment because it's just thinking you're brain in many ways is still thinking that we're outside yeah it's like well it's still like bc up in this bitch (laughs) it's not really it's we haven't evolved quick enough to accept the fact that we are now in like a Post-caveman society, yeah. and so your brain still wants to eat as much calories as possible mm-hmm. because it's like we got to store it for winter. You're like, we have heating, we don't need any more insulation. <laughs> um, and in addition, your brain is still like, we need to make connections, we need to make bonds, yeah. and especially as a woman as well too. There's nothing more vulnerable than a pregnant woman or a newborn baby. Like mm. So vulnerable. Um, I found looking at other animals pair bond tendency is really really helpful because you're like I mentioned this like kind of in the loose joke like March of the Penguins if you watch that with a different lens if you don't watch it like look at the penguins falling in love and like god damn look how strong biology is Yeah, like these motherfuckers will march to the end of the earth almost mm-hmm. die mm-hmm. sit on this egg like every year they do this sh- That's not logic because somebody would be like, I'm (laughs) going to hang back, and see what summer's like, (laughs) you know, but they can't because biologically they're programmed to do a certain thing. Biologically, we're programmed to make these connections. So when you understand that, you give more grace to the fact that you want your ex back so much. Mm -hmm. It's not a logical decision. It's not karma. It's not the stars aligning you together. It's literally just addiction. Mm -hmm. And it's I am no stronger than you. Right. We are no stronger than anybody else. Nobody gets over crack faster than anybody else. It's oh, the yeah. same process to wean yourself off of it. And like you said, a year and a half and you're 89% yeah. there.
1: Yeah. You got to do the work. That's how I always say, I tell them like, you have, and it's hard. Mm-hmm. And that's like the, it's not easy. People think it's, it's not. It's hard and you're going to cry like crazy.
0: Yeah. You watch a heroin addict on withdraw and let me know how <laughs> easy that looks. It's the same, right? It's so Actually, true. The, they did brain scans of your brain um, after sex and your brain on heroin. They're very, very similar. Wow. So
1: it is literally. Love like, is a drug. Yeah, love is a drug. They do say that Let's call the podcast that. Yeah, love <laughs> is a drug. Hold on. And I, since you just spoke a podcast, so I think it's really dope because once you get the game of desire, you get access to your podcast yes, with uh, your man. And I think it's so cool how you did that. I was like, you. F- genius i love that it's so smart and i know that i'm gonna be listening to it Mm -hmm. i already ordered the book so like i have to get on the podcast so it's gonna be dope and exciting and i'm just i'm excited to keep learning more you know there's a couple quotes that i want to talk to you about you posted and i i love quotes i'm a quote chick till i die okay (laughs) you wrote some there's some quotes that you have and i was like let me ask her about this and like what are her thoughts so you wrote, you, well, you didn't write it and you posted it. It said you will stop attracting certain people when you heal the part of you that needs them. Mm-hmm. Mm. Let me just say that one more time for the people listening. You will stop attracting certain people when you heal the part of you that needs them. Yes. What does that mean, Cher? That is actually one of the
0: girls in the book. Uh, her name is Priscilla. Mm-hmm. And she is a mother of a 10-year-old son. She came to me just like her son basically said to her, I'll never have a stepdad. I'll, you'll never get married. Like he just was observing mm. his mother's dating habits and it was just, he just voiced that. And that for her was her wake up call to be like, I am providing an awful example mm. of what a healthy, intimate connection is supposed to be. And so Priscilla actually started her own Instagram page called 2am Priscilla. So that is a quote from her. And I retweet her now. Like now oh, she's my, dope. like she's my guru where I'm like, what's Priscilla saying today? I love that. Yeah. So so I, I'll i give her credit for that one. Um,
1: and I'd like to know why that spoke to you. Yeah. It spoke to me because it's the truth. Um, I'm healing, right? So through my healing journey, I've also attracted things. I've attracted a rebound, you know? And I was like, it's very similar. There's like, he's not the same, but he's similar. Like Mm -hmm. there's pieces, right? And I find myself finding a path. Like I feel like I don't have a type. Like if you oh my girlfriend's like she doesn't have a type like they're big, short, long, fat, tall, like they're different and I'm not I'm not I don't like pretty like I like rough and tough and they're like yeah her type is wild if you ask my friends but the more I'm on the dating I'm, I'm like bitch you have a type <laughs> 100% like and I'm like okay but now I'm trying to like think of the type cuz I don't want to go back to my old type if mm-hmm. that makes sense so through healing I'm learning what I do and don't want, what I accept and won't accept. My values are the strongest values and nobody will ever take them away from me ever again in life. So that spoke to me because I'm healing right now and I need to attract where I'm at in my life. I love that. Yeah. And that's how I feel. And when I saw that, I was like, bitch, you stopped attracting. I'm proud of you. Yes. It's true. Because once you're healed, you would never... Allow toxicity to come into your life anymore. Well, like the psychological explanation
0: is the devil that you know is better than the devil that you don't. Mm. And so you, like, the. Uh, The mere proximity effect, wherein that like the more comfortable you are with something, the more that you want it around you because you understand it. And that goes for good or bad. If you experience a certain kind of love in your upbringing that your parents gave to Mm -hmm. you, be it good or bad, you want to repeat that because that's familiar to you because your brain feels most comfortable when it understands what brain pathways to go on. And so we are in a lot of uh, we're we're on a a repetitious cycle without even knowing it. So I would say that, yeah, that there probably is a part of you from before that didn't get loved the way you're supposed
1: to. And even though that's normal to you, it doesn't mean it's healthy for you. Right. And I think a lot of us need to understand that it's okay to have dealt with bad relationships. It's the only way you grow, right? It's Mm -hmm. the only way you understand what you don't want. It's a part of your life. I feel a lot of my friends are, they're ashamed or they're embarrassed or humiliated. I was like that. But at the end of the day, it's a part of the journey right? Well, it's like whether you whether you like you know that quote everything happens for a reason. Yeah. It's like
0: whether it does or doesn't it happened. You can either make a reason or you can go on hating yourself for something you can't change. Um, I, I am a firm believer though of like you don't have to learn from experience I do believe that you can set yourself up for success so Mm -hmm. you don't have to learn I love that some of us don't have to find out the hard way that like hey getting chlamydia is not (laughs) fun like some of us don't need that lesson we can just be like oh maybe don't pair with somebody who is very low and conscientious and a high novelty seeker because those individuals are most likely to cheat Mm -hmm. or be dishonest or maybe I started having discussions with my partners a lot earlier than I thought I would about the style of commitment like we can start avoiding those lessons um, but what is done yeah you gotta find the meaning in it because you can't change it you can't At go all. back and change the past and if you can get my phone number call me <laughs> I got some experiences in the past I would erase in a yes. second yo it's too real yeah I, I, so I wasted real. some years that i like I want this sh- Back.
1: Yo, we all have. Mm-hmm. Yo, if I could take that sh- back, girl.
0: Because somebody asked me that recently, actually, like, oh, do you regret your previous relationship? I was like, how oh, fucking yeah. <laughs> I didn't, there was no, the quality of lessons that I learned that are a reflection of the quality of life that I now live yes. are just so slim. Like, I learned things that the version of me doesn't need to know because yes. I'm so much above that. It doesn't um, even it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like I just, again, I could have watched a movie. That's gross. I didn't need five years. You yeah. know, I could have just, like, was that on Netflix? I could have picked that up. <laughs> and learned really quick. Right. So again, if you have that time machine, call 555.
1: Oh, I got to start watching documentaries now and reading books. I'm yeah. on it. I'm on it. There's one more too that, uh, that triggered me. And it was... um I actually agree with you. It was dope. You talked about it in a video. And I love how you're doing these videos of you talking to you. It's really cool. Yes. I love what you're well, doing.
0: You will go to therapy. It's yeah, a therapy technique. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And, there,
1: and it is. And I'm watching it. I'm like, well, this is dope. And you're talking about you don't like the way people say this whole relationship takes work. This mm-hmm. idea that you have to deal with the good and the bad and you have to ride with them. This ride or die type of feel. And you said, actually, I don't agree with that. Relationships don't take work if they're healthy. Yes. And I was like, whoa.
0: It depends on the tone. I mean, everything takes work. Like, for example, yeah. your job. You love your job. Yes. So if I came to you and I was like, well, work is the worst part of life. It's awful. But we all know how it has to be. Work is shit. Mm-hmm. And you'd be like, um, my work's not shit. Like, I actually, it's challenging but I enjoy the and work that I love that it I do. every day. And I feel reflective. I feel like my best self. I feel like I'm growing. And so even if there are challenges, um, they're healthy for me. They're necessary. Yeah. So there's two versions of that. There's the person who's like, well, it's an awful job, but you know, work isn't supposed to be fun. You're like, it kind of is. And so it's the same with relationships. I'm not saying that it's supposed to be easy street, but there's a difference between the work that you like. I remember my relationship. Uh, we lived together. And before I got home, I would like put my hand in the doorknob and exhale. Like I was entering a a war zone. Oh, wow. Like that's not the kind of work that anybody needs on a Tuesday afternoon. You know <laughs> no, what I mean? Like, you don't deserve it. I don't deserve that work. So there's variations. I think challenging and work are, are very two different things. If you think that your relationship is hard work, you're probably not in the right space. Mm. It's not a bad thing either. It's about compatibility. If you put me in an accounting position, no matter how great the benefits are, it's going to be hard work for me, yeah. and I'm going to be trash. I'm going to start to feel like trash within that because it's just not my natural skill set. Sure, over time, perhaps. One might grow grow to love accounting. Um, but it's just not the right fit <laughs> right. for me. It's not gonna work. It could. This thing, anything could work. I never when someone says to me like my relationship has been through this, now the third, can it work? I'm like can at this point in history every possible thing has happened
1: that's so true you
0: know what was crazy in the nba finals yeah. is that no team has ever come back from three to one but lebron was the first to do that yeah. in history so oh there's always there's always an exception to the rule yeah you just got to ask yourself do i want to live my life with the probability of being the exception to mm-hmm. the rule i only have one life to live do i want to roll the dice and be like i might be the one motherf- who like yes. makes this person stop cheating maybe you might luck out but you I'd might. rather put myself in a position where I have a high probability of
1: success because I deserve success. You want to win. I want to win. Let's win in life. You deserve to win. We all deserve to win. We do. And to be happy and healthy. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people forget that sometimes when they're beaten down so much. Like, actually, no, you don't deserve that. There's Are you actually, winning? I'm winning right now. Yay. And it feels really f-ing good. <laughs> it's the best feeling, you know, and, and I want everybody to feel like this. You know what I mean? And they have to learn. I'm still learning. You know, and we learn from women like you that are are giving us these tools and their truths and you know, you're sharing actual real life examples of how to win in and in, in life. And because what you're doing here, at Shan, like, yeah, you're making us women feel more comfortable with our sexuality, but you're making us better. You're making us whole. You're making us full. And I think that's when I was going through hard times in my life, I wasn't full as a mm-hmm. woman. You know what I mean? I was empty as f so yeah, Latisha, it makes sense. You were dealing with that, right? Now I look at myself and I'm like, hey, you're, sh- you're f- overflowing some days. <laughs> What's going on? But I, I'm feeling good. And it's situations like this that makes you think like, wow, you do the work. You know, I'm learning. I'm, the game of desire is something that I'm actually like so turned on by the fact that I can have a healthy relationship off of a dating app. Mm-hmm. It's it's practical. Yes, very practical. You know, I think we lose sight of that sometimes. It's probable, actually. Yeah, especially when we get hurt, right? When we get hurt, we don't believe in love anymore. What would you say to that person right now that doesn't believe in love that's like frig everybody, frig dudes, frig chicks?
0: Love that part of yourself that feels that way because know that you feel that way because your subconscious mm. wants to protect you. Mm. So if you were bitten by a snake as a child, you may have developed a fear of snakes. Yeah. And that is not a rational fear because not all snakes bite. Right. But um, I mean, I shouldn't use snakes. It's like a pretty bad example. Bro, they're, but I... they're, they're mostly pretty <laughs> <shitty>. <laughs> Most snakes kind of suck. Maybe are... let's, let's say dogs. A lot of dogs are great. Yeah. Right? You're bitten by a dog before. Um, so love that part of yourself that's like, I get what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, all this hatred, this vile, mm. this Version. I love that part of your fight or flight that's like, you want to protect me. You don't want to go back there again. But look, we're different people. This is a different dog. This is a different day. Mm. And we have to rise to the occasion because, again, going back to that earlier part, this is a massive part of the chip the piece of the puzzle to happiness. Right. And whether or not you even have sex or not, you we, no one can deny. Like babies die if they don't get held, if they don't feel loved. Yeah. So like love again is a superpower, it's a part of our DNA, it's a part of our purpose. And so you deserve that. Yeah. And it's uh, sucks and it's unfortunate and it probably isn't your fault that you were dealt a really tough hand before. Mm-hmm. And so make peace with that. What you did was incredible. Go to therapy. Thank you. Do that healing, mm-hmm. do that work for yourself, but don't get mad at that part of yourself right. that has that hatred because like that. that part loves you. I love that. And you're an analogy queen, bro. Wow. And I be spinning them out. It's, yo, it's, it's sometimes. so good though. Sometimes Jared be like, can you just say a regular <laughs> sentence? I'm like, it's like when you have a puppy and the puppy turns into a unicorn. He's like, what does that mean? <laughs> but I get it. I get you.
1: I'm like, yo, she makes s- so much easier like this. Wow. This is crazy. It is so good. I just want to say thank you so much for being here and doing what you do. Um, you know, we got this as a whole. Actually, hold on. I need to go back to something because I'm not done with you. I want to talk about the commitment quiz that you're doing right yes, now. Uh, I think And how you haven't done it. I need evening. to do it. Okay. I'm going to do it after, like, right after I'll this sit, podcast. I'll sit with you. Yo, every woman needs to do this right now. <laughs> you need to go on Shan Booty's Instagram click on the link and do this commitment quiz yes tell people what this commitment quiz is and what it's doing it's essentially uh it's you helping people to define
0: what their ideal current relationship structure is mm. and i like to do that before you enter into a relationship because it's not personal because if you and me started dating and i'm like yeah i'm kind of more into like serial non-monogamy then you're like oh it's because of me and now yeah. your ego gets in the way yeah so it's about people being authentic with like what kind of commitment can i handle what's going to make me feel most loved and understood at this present time and there's nine different results you can get and so it's whoa it was really fascinating I actually did a video yesterday where I had two people who did my full workbook go on a date and they were talking about their results together. And one Ooh. of them was like um, tradition. No, they were modern monogamy. And modern monogamy is different than traditional monogamy because traditional monogamy is one person for life. Mm-hmm. They want to make it work no matter what. And modern monogamy is one person at a time. If it ain't working, I'm dipping. Like there's Bye. just, yeah, that's okay with me. Like I don't have this like ride or die mentality. Yes. Like I'll, I'll just ride alone. Like yeah. if that's not going to work, it's okay for me. Uh, but most people are modern monogamous, the vast majority of people. But the dude that she was on the date with, he was in... open in relationships and that sparked a really great discussion and I'm like this could save Whoa. so much heartache right yes. so much confusion so much hurt um, and so to have that on date number one was really really fascinating to watch and so I think it's
1: great for couples to do mm-hmm. or as an individual just so you have that bit of information you're armed with that that's so solid I need that and I was reading the results and I was just like blown away by what commitment actually means to people nowadays because it's different yes All this is new to me too, because like I haven't been in the dating game in a minute, so I'm just like, like people, people are okay with this, people are okay with that, people. This is how people move now. Oh, okay, got it. And let's be grateful for that. Yes, because with giving people more options, we're forcing
0: people into less boxes that ultimately they're going to break out of and break our hearts. Yeah, and so it's about allowing people to honor what they can actually handle like the key to happiness is managing expectations Mm -hmm. and sometimes when we have a very linear society where it's like you're either monogamous or you're a polygamist Mm. that's like people like well i don't want to be a polygamist i don't want 17 (laughs) wives and so i guess i'll try to make it work with one person even though that isn't truly my authentic expression of love then they end up deceiving that person causing betrayal and causing massive problems in the line Mm -hmm. it'd be so much better
1: if that person could be like I'm actually somewhere in the middle. Yeah. That's my comfort level. And own it. And own it. I think that's the biggest thing owning it, owning who you are. It's so dope to see us evolving. Mm-hmm. I think, like, our generation is one of the dopest generations. I think that the younger ones. Below us are even yeah more they're gonna cooler. kill us. Yeah, yeah they're, they're so, so cooler. <laughs> cooler than us but like it's so cool to see things evolving now because I can only imagine like what your beautiful ass babies are gonna be doing what my babies will be doing once I find a man and I'm just like whoa like their world's gonna be so different mm-hmm. and so cool. But Hopefully different, or unless it'll be robot takeover. Oh yeah, like the Jetsons. Right, Either I'm way. on that. Sh-
0: well, not the Jetsons, more like iRobot. Oh um, yeah. yeah, more <laughs> yeah. like AI, yeah. more like the Matrix. True, like that robot takeover. True, 100%. you're like Look, the Jetsons. They'll be serving us <laughs> breakfast. It'll be great. With the dogs, with the astronauts You're an optimist. On their head. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> you're so right. I could literally have you here for another hour, which means you just got to come back. Yes, yeah, a- I have a lot to talk to you more. I just feel like we need to be more open and honest about topics like this and i think this is a great platform because girls we got this and i think we lose sight of like sometimes we don't got it you know when so many things fail especially love and relationships like we're like but no you got this like we got this we got got you we got you the game of desire has got you now before we leave i always ask every woman If you could look back at Shan at 18 years old, Mm -hmm. at that girl, and you're looking at her right now in her eyes, like, what would you tell Shan? I don't know what you were going through at 18. Is there anything specifically that you would be like, Shan, actually, you... Will be okay with X, Y, and Z, or you're about to do X, Y, and Z. What would you say to Shan at 18? Oh, I really hate this because it's like such a cliche bit of advice, but like trust your gut. It's yeah. so
0: annoying. But honestly, I was fascinated by sexuality at age five. Wow. I was like, and I started back as a sex educator at 18, and I allowed myself to get detoured off that path by 25. Mm. So I wish I said to myself, like, you actually know what the is up Mm -hmm. my most toxic relationship with somebody whom I knew at like 21 was not a fit Mm -hmm. 26 I was like let's give it a go and see how this (laughs) ends up so I just I would say to myself like hey like you people can have opinions and perspectives but no one has to live your life other than you Mm. and you're doing a pretty good job and at 18 I actually was doing a pretty good job I started up around 25 that's when I'm like oh I'd have words for her (laughs) she would get shook by me Yeah, I would lock her in a closet for a bit but my 18 year old self I'd be kind to Yeah. she was
1: dope you know what's so crazy our, our intuition is so strong mm-hmm. like the woman's intuition is probably one of the realest things i love that. ever you know so follow your gut shan that is so amazing i mean i don't want to go out on that quote but like i guess I. Have but to. it's true because we don't because we're so worried about what other people are thinking what people are saying what they're gonna and it veers us off of our path bro mm-hmm. no that's your path since you were 18 think about that well like hey let me remix it yeah. on
0: the vibrator necklace that I partnered with them on I had it inscribed I own it they love it and that mm. means like taking ownership over your own stuff uh, first just expecting people to love it who love you because yes. if you're in your flow if you're in your bag mm-hmm. the people who truly are meant to be around you will love it Yes, I think oftentimes we wait for them to love it before we own it and yes. that was me Giving myself permission, like nah, you own it first, and whoever's
1: meant to love it will, and just move in that operation, and you're doing it, and it's so dope. I'm so excited to see what you're doing next. I'll see you Malibu. we will be in Malibu, yes, in Malibu. Uh, doing some
0: dope. So exciting! Yeah. It's like
1: two weeks from now. Two weeks, yeah. Mm-hmm. With Krista and actually Krista and was on here. There, they are my first podcast ever. Actually, that makes sense. Your yeah. homies, they're f- incredible too. Mm-hmm. Like it's going to be such a powerful thing in Malibu that all of us get to experience. I just want to say thank you. No, thank you. I appreciate your time. I'm excited to see how successful the Give Desire is going to be. Me too.
0: Yo, it's I'm excited but scared. Don't be scared. Do you know that like, it's? In, I'm in that sweet spot now of bliss, like ignorance is bliss. Mm-hmm. Like it could be everything but nothing. Oh yeah. It's like the day before Christmas. You don't know if you're going to get that gift. And then the morning happens and you're like oh my parents are cheap again i ain't get that gift so you know, you know yeah. the disappointment but that night before you're like oh, anything could happen so i'm i'm enjoying my christmas my prolonged christmas eve but can i tell you something i
1: think okay this is how i feel and i and i and i can say this because i i feel like i get a real vibe of you you're doing what you love mm-hmm. and i can feel it everybody's listening can hear it and like your viewers your whatever you want to call them your followers feel it. They know that. They know that you're a game changer and you're a life changer. So at the end of the day, you're, you're already a gift. So you already have these gifts. You go ahead and therapeutize me. No, but me. it's true. It's Heal true. Me. There's nothing to be scared about. Like, I come into this podcast. I don't know how it's doing. You know what? And I never ask. I had to ask last week due to, um, we're making media kits, right? So I needed numbers and shit. But I never ask because I f***ing love what I do. Every I day I get that. to talk to dope-ass women and inspire people. I know I'm doing what I'm, my purpose. I know you're living in your purpose. You're already a f-ing gift to everybody. F-ing Santa Claus. That was our
0: first time touching and it was so wonderful. <laughs> yeah, no, it's
1: true. <laughs> Don't be scared. Don't you're be changing scared. lives. That should be the final quote. Don't be scared. Don't be scared. The game of desire, it's real, guys. Follow Shanna, Shambudi. Get your life changed. Yo, you're coming back because there's so much. We got to talk about sex and <laughs> pleasure and everything else. But my favorite topic. Till next time. Till next time. Thanks, girl. Hey, sis, thanks for listening to Girl, We Got This with Letitia Lee. Get new episodes every Tuesday on Podcast One and Apple Podcasts. Remember to rate, review, subscribe, and spread the word to your tribe.